that are upon our hearts, Lord, that that are needs of other people, maybe our own needs, even uh, the fears that we face and uh, the problems we face. Lord, help us to give them all to you, uh, just to rest in the finished work of Jesus. God, just uh, uh, working in all of us, working in me, help me to rest in Christ. Lord, we bring to you those, uh, those three young men that uh, dedicated their lives to, to Christ. I would pray that you would uh, uh, give them boldness to, to stand and, and uh, Lord, use them uh, to touch the lives of other people. And Lord, we lift up to, to you also those who are in physical need. And, and uh, Lord, I pray for Amelia as she is recovering, that you would just strengthen her. For Betty Blakeney as well, that you would just continue to uh, strengthen her. And for Sue McCormick, uh, who's recovering. Uh, Lord, just be with, with them and bless them and be close to them. Lord, also lift up to you uh, Bruce uh, as he'll be coming in just uh, two weeks, Lord, to see us. I, I pray for him that you would just comfort his heart and uh, uh, I would pray healing for his son Tom who has terminal cancer, Lord, but you're the God of, of uh, miracles. And so we, Lord, we look to you for a miracle. And uh, But Father, we... <clears throat> We thank you that uh, as your people we can come boldly before your throne of grace and uh, that you hear us, that you love us as Andrew so adequately uh, has just shown us that uh, your love is, is everlasting, enduring, never fails. Thank you, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, turn in, the, in your, your uh, Bibles to the book of Romans. And uh, sadly to say, that's probably on my part, but uh, this is the end of the greatest, thank you, brother, of the greatest epistle for, for certain that's ever been written. And uh, it may be the last message in this series on, on Romans, but... Uh, let it not be uh, the end of Romans working in our hearts, these truths working in us. Because certainly, even though we're ending this book, does not mean that the book is finished with us. Amen. We can be finished with the book, but pray that it would not be finished with us. This is uh, the verses this morning that I want to end with are uh, the last three verses in, in Romans uh, 16 and... Uh, that's 25, 26, and 27. This is really a doxology. Doxology, and I explain that in just a minute, but uh, let's read it uh, together. And uh, now to him who is able to establish or strengthen you according to my gospel in the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long uh, ages past, but now is manifested, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, has made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith, to the only wise God, 
through Jesus Christ be glory, be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Wow, what a way to end up, uh, an epistle. And uh, doxologies are, are great. I hope there's a doxology in your life every day. That every day you're, you're saying in your heart, Now unto him who is able to keep me from falling. Now unto him be all glory forever and ever. I hope that's the, the song of your life when you wake up. And may our lives be filled with doxologies. And what is a doxology? Uh, doxologies, of course, draw our attention to the glory of God. Above all else, to the glory of God. Uh, uh, it's made up of two Greek words. Uh, doxa, which is glory. And then logos, which we looked at in Sunday school, is, means word. So it means a word that ascribes glory to God. So that's what a doxology is. It ascribes glory to God. And that should be our desire uh, to glory only in the Lord. And I hope that's true in your life. In 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31, but by his doing, you're in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who glories or boasts glory in the Lord. That should be our lives right there. Give him all the glory. Uh, do his name. Also, 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And uh, everything exists, everything happens to draw attention to the glory of God. That's why we're here. That's it. To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Some people say, I just don't think that would be much fun being with God forever and glory. Well, they have never been moved upon by the Holy Spirit and understood what knowing Christ is all about. The joy that comes from knowing Him and His power and His strength and His, just who He is. And so that's what this is all about, to give glory to God. And so uh, there's nothing that glorifies God more than the gospel. Have you ever thought of that? Why? Because we have nothing to do with it. He gets all the glory. From beginning to end, don't take any glory for your knowing Jesus. You love him because he first loved you. And, and I tell you, that's so important to get that down in your heart. Because then you can really give him glory. God, thank you for saving a wretch like me. And, and that's true of my life. I, I mean, I kicked against the pricks. I did everything I could to rebel and, and to, to leave you. And yet you pursued me and saved me. All praise and glory. And you know who understood that more than anybody else? This man that wrote this epistle. Why? He hated Christians. He was killing them. And God appeared to him when he was uh, fighting against the God that he thought he was serving. Wow. And he says, now to him, in verse 25. All glory is what he's saying. Now to him. And we find that all through his epistles. Now to him. And if you wanted to shorten it, you could say, now to him. In verse 27, you could skip that in the middle and say, 
To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. But you know he doesn't. Paul doesn't do that. Why? He fills this up. He fills uh, up between these two verses. And, uh, uh, you know, the scriptures are full of doxologies. Uh, in the Old Testament, is, and I won't look at those, but uh, in uh, the great doxologies uh, all through the scriptures. Let's just look at a few of these. And uh, Philippians 4, 19 and 20. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now here's a doxology. But you really have to put that before that. So understand, now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Why? Because he supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to And that should be our, that should be our uh, anthem as well. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, he says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. You know, I encourage you to memorize these doxologies. Memorize them. Put them to, and then just exclaim them like we find in Jude 1.24, Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his throne with exceeding joy and so forth. But anyway, memorize these. We're going to look at that one in just a minute. Uh, but First Peter 4.11, Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength. And we're going to talk about the strength today. Where is that, what is that strength? Where does that come from? Which God supplies. It's the strength that God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs all the glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. You almost get the, you almost get the feeling that uh, giving God the glory is important. <laughs> and that's an understatement. We go on in Revelation 1, 5, and 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us. And, and Andrew talked about that. So to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Whoa! That should be our anthem that we sing every day. And then the, probably the most known one, the one that's dear to my heart that I quote quite a bit is Jude 1, 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling or falling, to make you stand in the presence of his glory. You realize we'll stand in the presence of the glory of God one day in all of his splendor and majesty that we sang about this morning and uh, uh, blameless. All of our sins are forgiven. We'll be blameless. They will not bring a charge against us. Even all the million sins that we commit in our lives, we will be blameless. Why? Because of the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all of our sins. And it's with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before time and now and forever. Amen. Whoa, isn't that wonderful? Is that our hearts? 
Is that our heart? All of these writers knew everything existed to glorify God, to draw attention to how glorious God is. We sing that song, How Great Is Our God. Let us sing, How Great Is Our God. In this doxology this morning, I want us to see God uses the gospel to strengthen believers. That's what he says. Now, to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel. Boy, such a simple statement. To strengthen you according to my gospel. I want to look at that and see uh, uh, everything in verses 25 and 26 unpacks the gospel that strengthens believers. I hope you realize that, that uh, Paul starts out Romans, uh, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all those that believe. Don't forget that verse. If you don't remember any other verse in the, in the book of Romans, remember that. That it's the gospel. We need the gospel. We need the gospel. And uh, Paul just, he cannot, he, he just can't get away from this thing. Because it's this gospel which strengthens. Uh, and notice, it's all about him. Who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. See, it's all about him, as I've always said. It's all about Jesus. Preaching of Jesus Christ. That's what the world needs. Uh, he is the central reality of the gospel. Christ crucified the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Uh, it's all about him. It's all about him. And then he says, according to the mystery the mystery, that which was kept secret for long ages, is that now the Gentiles, the nations, are full citizens with Jewish believers by faith in Christ. We see in Ephesians 3, 1 through 7, Paul says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace which was given to me, uh, uh, to me for you, that by revelation there has made known to me the mystery, as I wrote uh, before in brief, by referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. To be specific, what is that? That the Gentiles are fellow heirs, fellow members of the body, fellow partakers of the promises in Christ Jesus through what? The gospel of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given to me according to the working of his power. Wow. Brothers and sisters, we're part of that. We're in Christ. We're in Christ. 160 times or more in the New Testament we find uh, that term, in Christ. I'm safe in Christ. I'm saved in Christ. I'm glorified in Christ. I, you know, it's in Christ. We're in Him. And boy, uh, that should thrill our hearts every day when we wake up to that. 
And even though it was hidden in past ages, it is the Old Testament prophetic writings that Paul uses to, to reveal the mystery to all the nations. That's in verse 26. And all of this good news for the nations was, notice, the command of the eternal God. That's in verse 26 of, of Romans 16 here. Uh, and it what? It all leads to the obedience of your faith. It all leads to the, and aims at, the obedience of your faith. Also found in verse 26. And this is how believers are strengthened. By faith. How are you saved? By faith. How do you grow? By faith. How are you strengthened? By faith. It's all by faith. You know, we, we tend to think that, okay, we were saved back here uh, by faith, and now I take over. Now it's, I've got to do, I've got to perform, I've got to know. We live the Christian life just the same way that we began the Christian life, by faith. That leads to obedience, you see. It's not, obedience doesn't lead you to faith. It's faith that leads to obedience. Don't get the two confused because it's not your doing that leads to faith. It's your faith that leads to doing. Did I say that right? I hope so. <laughs> Sometimes I get lost in my own uh, talking. But uh, anyway, we see God is interested in your being strengthened for his glory by believing. Why? He gets all the glory. Why? Because faith is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Amen. You see, all glory goes to him. And as I've said over and over, it's not that you're smarter than anybody else. That's why you saw it. That's boasting. Uh, I had a better upbringing. Gee, I've known people who uh, lived horrible lives got saved so no there's no boasting the God who strengthens you is glorious and so that's what Paul is highlighting now he's giving all praise and glory to God for the gospel you know God is not afraid of you being strong you know dictators people like Castro and Cuba and other regimes how do they keep their power? How do they keep strong? By making the people weak. But God's not like that. What does He do? He makes us strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. Why? He's not afraid of us being strong. Yeah. See, He's a loving, uh, benevolent God who cares for us. He's not like kings and dictators. And... Uh, Let us remember that, because that's, that's, that's important. God feels no threat from your strength at all. The stronger you become in faith through the gospel, the greater God appears. Wow. What kind of strength does Paul mean that... God is able to give. Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength. Now, wait a minute. Uh, what do you mean the Lord is my strength? What, is, what does that mean? The Lord is my strength and my shield. And 
my heart trust in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exalts and with my song, I shall thank him. So what? Because I trust him. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Why? He is my strength. See, you're strong this morning, but you're not strong in yourself. All your righteousness is filthy rags. What are you strong in? The Lord. What is your joy this morning? The Lord. It's all the Lord. That's, he's everything. And that's why I can be happy is because He loves me. Wow. That's, that's so incredible. And this is what Paul is driving home here. He wants us to, to understand the importance uh, of giving God the glory and see that we're strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Now, what kind of strength uh, uh, does God give? All kinds of strength. He gave, he gave Samson tremendous physical strength. And I think if you'd have seen Samson, uh, you'd have said, how in the world can he beat up a fly? And yet he killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. He carried the gates of Gaza. Why? The strength of the Lord was with him. The Lord was his strength. It wasn't his muscles, you know, lift weights. I'm strong. Whoa. You know, watch out for me. No. Philippians 4.13, let this sink in. I can do all things through him who, he is my strength. You see, he is, he is your strength this morning. He is your strength this morning. Let that, I, and I can do anything through his strength. Faith the substance of this strength is faith in Christ. This is what Paul is saying here. He says in verse 25, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel, that is, believing the gospel and the preaching of Christ. Whoa. It's got to be harder than that. I mean, don't I have to do something? I mean, don't I have to pull myself up by my bootstraps, don't I have to, uh, gosh, I got, no, all I have to do is trust. Yeah. Trust in what he has done for me. And if you do that, you'll start getting stronger. That's, that's the amazing thing, because it seems like the more I do, the stronger I get. No, the more I trust, the stronger I get. The more I rely on Christ, look to Christ. It's all about him. He is the inner strength. He is that inner strength that I need. And he is the inner strength that Paul is talking about. Uh, and at the heart of this strength is faith. Not more work, but faith. Strong in faith. Uh, in Romans, uh, that's the next verse, but in Romans 1, turn back to Romans 1. I forgot I didn't put this one on the screen. So in Romans 1, how does Paul start out in uh, verse 11? 
in 12, he, he, he's, he drives this home. He says, as long, and he says, I long to see you so that I may impact some spiritual gift to you. That you may be, what? Established or, the word here is the same word in Romans 16, strengthen. That is, that I may be encouraged together, verse 12, with you, while among you, each of us by the other's, what? Faith. Not hard work. uh, Doing more. No, by each other's faith that we have in Christ. That we may be strengthened together by each other's faith. The importance of faith. Now, women. I'm not picking on women. I'll get to the men in just a minute. What does the world say that you need to have in order to be strong? Today, I'm talking about the modern thinking of being strong. Isn't it, you know, things like uh, uh, self-confidence, being aggressive, an in-your-face attitude, moving through the channels of influence in the, into the possessions of life, no matter what you have to do to get there, being sexy, being assertive. But what do we find? God says, 1 Peter 3, 5 and 6, For in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God, trusted in God, in other words, God was there all in all, used to adorn themselves. How did they adorn themselves? With, with nice stuff? And How did they adorn? Being submissive to their own husbands. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened or by any fear. Interesting, isn't it? Kind of a different definition. Then he says, Proverbs 31, it talks about the virtuous woman. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. In other words, no matter what comes against her, Romans 8.28, all things work together for good. And she smiles at the future. And uh, you can be fearless because God is your hope. He is your trust. He is all you need. Be confident, women, uh, of uh, who you are in Christ. Don't be confident because of your, your beauty. Don't be confident of your dress. Don't be confident of how much money you have. Why? Those things are passing away. Beauty fades. So be confident of who you are in God. A daughter of the king who can smile at the future no matter uh, what happens to you or to, to anyone else. Men, what about you? God, that's the ladies, men. Uh, uh, what do you dream of when you dream of being strong? I remember as a kid, just a little bitty kid in the second grade, and I used to fantasize about saving the girls from a, a big bully or something, you know, and, and being, you know, just in charge kind of a guy. And Maybe you had... No fantasies like that, but uh, is that what 
he's talking about being strong, you know? What do you dream of when you dream of being strong? Superman, able to leap tall buildings with a single bound, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. Is that the kind of strength that Paul is talking about? I don't think so. You know? Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's super Sid. No. Christ is our strength. You know, only a fool wants fading strength. The power of strength God wants you to have comes through the gospel, men. The strength that God wants you to have comes through the gospel. So, what? So why? So you can pray with your family. So you can love your wife. So you can speak the truth in love. So you can say no to sinful passions like lust. So that you can be a leader in your family. Do you really want to be strong? It's inner strength. It's the strength that God supplies. 1 Peter 4.11 It's the strength that God supplies. And how does He do that? Through believing the gospel. That's amazing. How does He do that? through believing the gospel. Oh, it's got to be more than that. I mean, I've got to do this and do that and not do this. And No. It comes through believing the gospel. Believing what is true about you. It flows, obedience flows out of faith to do those things by the grace of God. And we need to see the gospel, that Christ, the righteous one, the sinless one came down to this earth. He was crucified. He died on a cross for our sins. He was raised for our justification. And now, there's no condemnation that are those who are in Christ Jesus. And now we can, we can rest in Him. We can find strength in Him. We can find joy in Him. This is what you experience, what Christians should experience living the Christian life. And my friends, you never, 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 never. Did I say never yet? You never outgrow your need for the gospel. You begin the Christian life with the gospel and then not leave it behind for something stronger, for something uh, else believing or doing something else. No, we need the gospel. Preach the gospel to yourselves every day. This is what, remember when we went through the book of Galatians, this is what Paul said. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law? In other words, by doing, by, or by what? Hearing with faith. And of course, that's the answer. Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, 
Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, do it by the works of the law or by what? Hearing with faith. And that's, of course, even so Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of what? Faith who are the sons of Abraham. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to whom? Abraham, saying all the nations will be blessed in you. See, it was hidden in the Old Testament. It was there, they just didn't see it. Until Paul comes along and says, whoa. And God reveals it, and, and Paul now is, is a, a minister to the Gentiles. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. The believer. The believer. We need to see that, brethren. We need to believe, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 through 10, believe this, but since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of what? Faith. Faith and love, as Andrew pointed out this morning, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for the obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. We need to believe that. It's settled. It's over. Christ has accomplished it. And then my, one of my life's verse that God has used in my life, it says, Isaiah 26, 3, uh, the, steadfast, the steadfast of mind will keep, uh, will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's the King James, which I like better. So, wow. Who trusts? Did you see that? Who trusts? And it's all about faith. It's all about trusting. In other words, we need to grow in faith. We need to grow in faith. As we grow in faith, we can overcome these fears. We can overcome and we can have the strength that we need to carry on. And this is what the scriptures teach us, and I'm almost finished. Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in yourself and the strength of your might. Nope. nope. Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Why are you strong this morning? Jesus is strong. Jesus is strong. That's why you're strong. Even though... In my flesh dwells no good thing. I am weak. I am sinful. I'm prone to wander. I sin against God every day in thought, word, and deed. The Lord is my strength and my joy. Just start looking up all the verses that are, that are there. and it's, it's there, for, there for our coming. Don't try to be strong in your own strength. Because it will not be there when you need it. Did you hear that? Don't try to be strong in your own strength. Why? Because it will not be there when you need it. Because the strength of faith in the gospel comes from looking at the object of faith. And who is the object of faith? Christ himself. He is. 
And I illustrated this, and, and I'll end with this illustration, and it's, it's something that's meant so much to me as, I've, as I dwell on the object of our faith. Remember the frozen lake? And uh, uh, it was early in the fishing season, and this guy comes down to this frozen lake, and he, he just has great faith, and he runs out onto this lake with all of his might, and he just falls right through. He had great faith. But what was wrong? The lake wouldn't hold him up. You see, if the object is not a firm foundation like Christ, it doesn't matter how big your faith is, it's not going to hold you up. But what do we find with Christ? The whole lake is frozen over from top to bottom. You could run a tank out on it and it'll hold it up, you see. And so Christ is the object of our faith. He is our foundation. He is all that we need in life to live. And that's why we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let's pray together. Father, as we come this morning together around your word, I, I thank you, Lord, that we're saved by grace through faith and that it's not of ourselves, it's the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. Lord, I thank you for this great epistle that we have uh, been looking uh, at. And Lord, it's so deep. It's so powerful, God, because it's all about you and your great grace towards sinful people like us. Lord, help us to rest in the finished work of Christ. Lord, help, help me to, to do this and uh, tell others about this saving grace of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>